Good morning, everyone. <clears throat> uh, you may be noticing some fluctuation in the volume of uh, singing and all the rest. Uh, we're trying to make sure it's at a level where everyone can hear uh, without invading too much into the privacy of our neighbors. Uh, so we're just uh, laboring to find the right balance there. So um, was that a thumbs up? It needs to go up or just uh, it's good? All right, good. So, uh, thank you again to the tech team, the amazing amount of work that's gone in these days to allow us to be here together. Well, can I invite you to turn in your Bibles to Matthew 28, Matthew chapter 28, as uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we have now reached the final message in our series through uh, the Gospel of Matthew, and we come uh, to... Jesus' final charge, his final command uh, to his disciples, uh, the Great Commission, uh, in Matthew 28, beginning in verse 16. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Let's pray. Father in God, would you please be with us in this next few minutes and instruct us and teach us, O Lord Jesus Christ, through your Spirit, reach our minds and then our hearts and then our wills that we might surrender to Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Well, throughout Christian history, uh, this text of Scripture has been called the Great Commission. It is our Lord's final repeated message to his disciples that appears uh, throughout the Gospels and even in the book of Acts. These are our Christian marching orders. King Jesus is giving to us just before he returns to heaven his, his game plan, his master strategy. When God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit consulted, if you will, within the Trinity to answer the question, how are we going to reach the world? How are we going to rescue the world? This was their plan. And our mission, and we must choose to accept it, our mission is this. We, we who are disciples of Christ, we who are disciples of Christ are to make and mature more disciples of Christ through the authority and presence of Christ until the return of Christ. We who are disciples of Christ are to make and mature more disciples of Christ through the authority and presence of Christ until the return of Christ. You'll remember in Matthew 16 and verse 18, Jesus gave us this wonderful promise, I will build my church. 
and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Now in Matthew 28, we have the imperative that King Jesus attaches to that promise. He says, I will build my church. And now he's saying, this is how I'm going to do it. This is how I'm going to build my church. You, who are my disciples, must go and make and mature more disciples throughout all the nations. Our mission, our priority is making disciples for Christ. Our mission is not primarily to get people fed or get people clothed or educated or even saved from hell. Our mission is to make disciples, men and women and young people and boys and girls who are actively following the Lord Jesus Christ. And what I want to do in our few minutes together is draw out of this text some of the key features of what it means for you and me to be disciples of Christ. And there are going to be 10 of these features, and you hear the word and number 10, and you instantly panic and wonder how long we're going to be here. I assure you we will go through these quickly. I just want us to make sure that we have an understanding of what it means to be disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ on mission in his world. So Jesus commissions his disciples here to be at least 10 things. Number one, he commissions his disciples to be learners. To be learners. That's the very meaning of the word disciple. It means student. It means learner. A disciple is a student, a learner, a spiritual pupil in the school of Christ. We, are, we have been matriculated and enrolled in the school of Christ to learn the truth of Christ. Jesus taught his apostles and his apostles then teach us through the New Testament and we are to be always and ever learning from Christ. We reject the world's teachings and pursue Christ's teachings day and night. Disciples are commissioned to be learners. Secondly, we are commissioned to be followers. Jesus' words to his disciples are often connected to the words, follow me. Take up your cross daily and follow me. A disciple is a follower. You'll you'll understand perhaps there's a bit of a difference between a convert and a follower. A convert can turn in a new direction from the old direction, but a follower pursues the new direction. A follower is somebody who says to Jesus, King Jesus, lead on, O King Eternal. Lead me. I am here to follow you. Where you go, I will go. What you ask, I will do. Brothers and sisters, my friends, here this morning, are you a follower? Or maybe another way of asking it, who are you following? Who is your primary leader in life? If you are a faithful disciple of Christ, your answer will be King Jesus. King Jesus, I am a follower of Christ. I have decided, finish it, I have decided to follow Jesus. It is a mark, a distinctive mark of a true Christian. We are to be learners. We are to be followers. And then third, we are to be ambassadors. 
Notice it in verses 18 and 19. Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. I want you to see the connection there between those two things. The statement, the the indicative, the declaration, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Jesus is saying, through the resurrection, I have been declared, Romans 1, to be the Son of God with power. Through the resurrection, God has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name. He has all authority in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations. What's Jesus doing there? He is saying to us, I am the king. I am the one in charge. I am Lord. And I am now commissioning you to be my ambassadors. I rule the cosmos. Now go and make disciples everywhere on the planet. Go and make disciples. We are vested with authority and with power as the ambassadors of Christ. And so Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we are ambassadors for Christ. If you're a Christian here this morning, you are an ambassador for Christ. King Jesus has commissioned you to speak for Him in this world. I wonder if if we were to, if I were to talk with all the people that you have talked with this week and were to ask them the question, what did so-and-so represent to you this week? Or a different way to ask the question, as you listen to this person, who would you say or what would you say he or she was an ambassador for? Would they say, oh, an ambassador for Christ? Or would they say an ambassador for politics? An ambassador for the Democrats? Or an ambassador for the Republicans? Or an ambassador for this? Or an ambassador for that? Who, how would they answer that question? Who did you represent this week? Who did you speak for this week? Whose authority and whose word did you declare this week? Jesus says to to us, you are my ambassadors. I am Lord. I am King. I have all authority. Go therefore and make disciples. So we are to be learners. We are to be followers. We are to be ambassadors. We are to be pioneers. Jesus commissions us to be pioneers. Notice the first verb Jesus uses in verse 19. Go, therefore. Go, therefore. That's what disciples do. Disciples don't settle in and settle down. Disciples go. Disciples are on the move. Disciples don't get comfortable. Jesus says in John 20, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. 
Do you, do you see yourself? Do we see ourselves as individual Christians and as a congregation? Do we see ourselves as those who are on mission, who are pioneers for the gospel? We are going. We are being sent out. We come together on Sundays, and then we scatter Monday through Saturday. We come together, and we get refreshed, and we get replenished, and we, and we join hearts, and we join voices, and we join minds in worship and in praise and in learning, and then we scatter. And we, we go, and we find somewhere to pioneer the gospel in this week to come. Jesus says, you are to be learners, you are to be followers, you are to be ambassadors, you are to be pioneers. And then he goes on and he says, in effect, you are to be diversifiers. Those who seek diversity, those who, notice verse 19, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. The word nations is the Greek word ethnos, speaking of ethnicities. Disciples do not segregate or isolate. They diversify. They are ethnically inclusive. They go after all nations, all that are around us and all that are all around the world. What a radical new focus for the church. In the Old Testament, the mission was primarily, not exclusively, but primarily for the Jews. But in this age, in this time, since Christ has been ascended, he is saying, I want you to go to all the nations. I want you to reach every language and tribe on the planet. And I love what the Zambian scholar Joseph Capolo says. He says, to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations is the most exciting, most urgent, most necessary task in the world. To go into all the world and make disciples is the most exciting and most urgent and most necessary so let us as a church be globally minded let us be diversity minded let us be those who are always both in vision and in strategy willing to be like Paul who made himself all things to all people so that by any means he might save some I'll be Jewish to the Jewish folks I'll be Gentile to the Gentile folks I'll be whatever I need to be to win people to Christ this commitment to diversity we must as a church as disciples be consciously consciously and deliberately and perseveringly cross-cultural in all that we do that is the commission of Christ Jesus commissions his disciples in the sixth place to be reproducers to be reproducers. This is actually the, the main point of this whole text. Jesus tells his followers who are disciples to make disciples. He tells his apostles who are disciples to make disciples. He doesn't say Go into all the world and make money. He doesn't say go into all the world and, and make friends or make Democrats or Republicans or whatever. Go into all the world and make disciples. Make disciples of Christ. This is 
This is a defining feature of our mission, brothers and sisters. This, this is why we're still here. Why, why hasn't Jesus come back yet? Well, because the world hasn't been reached yet. Why hasn't Jesus taken you home to be with him yet? Well, because he's got more disciple-making work for you to do. There's work to do. There are people to reach. This should define our parenting. And I know I was thinking about this this week many, many times. Um, moms, young moms, those with kids at home, those who are, are focused on children in that way often w- wish that they could be more involved in mission and disciple making. And, and I'm here to tell you, that to be a good parent is, is the most effective discipling you can possibly do. Uh, to love on and lead and mentor and teach your children is disciple making. Don't think that somehow or other making disciples is something in the future for you when the kids are all up and grown and, oh, you'll finally get around to doing that. No, you are doing it every day of your life. You are doing it every day of your life, and God be praised for your faithfulness. This should define our parenting. It should define our neighboring. It should define our pursuit of justice and mercy. It should define our politics. It should define how we shop and spend and show hospitality and everything else. Everything about us should be to seek and find and make disciples of Christ. We are to be reproducers. Very quickly, Jesus commissions his disciples to be organizers. To be organizers. You say, where do you get that in the text? I get it in the words of our Lord where he commands his apostles and the earliest disciples to make disciples and then baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You may remember from previous teaching that baptism is a way of entrance into the church. It is uh, people in the New Testament were baptized and added to the church. Baptism is an expression of the organization and institution of the church, the body of Christ. We as as Disciples are not just to make disciples. We're to make sure they get connected. We're to make sure that they become a part of the church. Remember Jesus said, I will build my church. He, did, he didn't say, I'm just I'm going to save individuals. He said, I'm going to build my church. He is, he is about the organism and the organization of the church. And this is played out in the rest of the New Testament. We're going to, in fact, our next series starting in a couple of weeks is going to be a brief series through the, the book of Acts to, to, to see what happens after Jesus goes back to heaven. And when we look at the book of Acts, we'll find out that this is exactly what they did. They organized new disciples in churches. They planted churches and built churches like Risen Hope was planted five years ago so that there can be new disciples brought in and connected within the body of Christ. This is part of the Great Commission. But Then number eight, Jesus commissions His disciples to be mentors. To be mentors. I've chosen this word over just teachers because I think it's implied in the text. Verse 20, Jesus says, After you've made disciples and baptized them, 
be teaching them to observe, to obey and practice everything I have commanded you. What Jesus is telling us to do here is more than just impart information. Teachers impart information. Mentors facilitate transformation. Teachers communicate facts, but mentors go after character and application. Jesus says, I don't want you to just teach my people. I want you to teach them to observe, to obey everything I have commanded you. And in the New Testament, teaching takes the form of what I'm doing right now. But it also takes the form of relationship. And it takes the form of example, drawing near to other people in discipling kind of ways to make sure that they are growing in their faith. And one of the things we're going to long for as a church is that more and more of us will become mentors. We will become those who look at those who are younger in the faith, younger in Christ, and lead them through our words, through our teaching, through our example, through our relationship. Lead them so that we're not just making disciples, we are maturing disciples for the glory of God. And then ninth, Jesus commissions his disciples to be trusters. Trusters. And you say, okay, Tim's just messing with the language there now. Is that really a word? It actually is. I found it in one dictionary. Uh, It wasn't in a few of the others, but I'm going to go with it. One, those who trust. Those who trust. What does verse 20 say? Jesus says, I will be with you always. I will be with you always. Jesus makes a promise to go with us wherever we go. And the promise implies a need for trust. An awareness on the part of us as disciples We cannot do this on our own. Do you agree? We cannot make and mature disciples. We don't have the courage. We don't have the strength. We don't have the stamina. We don't have the endurance to do this. But Jesus says, I will be with you always. Trust me, Jesus is saying. Trust me. I'm not sending you out there alone. I'm not sending you out there in the wilderness and in the war zone that planet earth is on your own. No, I will be with you always, all the time, everywhere. I will be with you this week as you envision possible places you can go and conversations you can have and ways you can be an ambassador for Christ. And as you're contemplating it, you feel an almost immediate sense of fear and dread. Who is sufficient for these things? Remember this, I will go with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus promises that to us and we must trust His promise. And then finally, Jesus commissions His disciples to be finishers. To be finishers. This is the 
implied point of verse 20 where Jesus says, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. The, the end is coming. I will be with you all the way to the end. Um, so, fight the good fight all the way to the end. Finish the race that is set before you. We are called to be finishers, brothers and sisters. And for those of us that are getting into the later, later stages of life or are already in the later stages of life, what an encouraging word. I, I don't know about all of you. I do know more than maybe I, I, can, I would say right now. Many of you, you not only are running well, you want to finish well. You want to finish well. I want to finish well. There's a work to do. Jesus says, he that endures to the end will be saved. Let's endure. Disciples are finishers. So this is a quick look, my friends, a quick look at discipleship. Are we fulfilling the great commission that we have received? We have been commissioned to be humble learners, faithful followers, fearless ambassadors, advancing pioneers, intentional reproducers, impartial diversifiers, church organizers, personal mentors, dependent trusters, persevering finishers. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. We want to encourage you this week to reflect on these things. Alex and Rick and I have in recent time been giving a pretty good amount of thought to the question of what does mission look like for us as Risen Hope Church? How do we, how do we unify in a time of tremendous division and stress and strain? How do we unify in what matters most? How do we define what we are actually called to and then implement things within the life of our church that actually help us to make progress in that. We have been called to make and mature disciples in Christ. So what will that look like? In fact, this week, the three elders are going to be spending some time just prayerfully thinking through various models and Alex, in his message next week, uh, is going to be sharing with you a bit of a review and then, then some application. Here, here are some of the ways that we hope to be engaged in disciple-making and disciple-maturing as the body of Christ. And, and the plan that we will have will perhaps be different than what you're used to. Many people, when they think of discipleship, automatically think of a certain model, a certain way of doing that. I'm going to suggest that what we come up with will maybe be a little distinct from what everybody has experienced before, but will be ta tailored to Risen Hope Church and who we are and where we are and when we are. Would you please pray for us as your elders, as your pastors, that we would have wisdom in this and discernment and then would you would you pray for yourself 
pray that the Lord would give you and give all of us the courage to embrace the mission that's in front of us, to, to realize these are our marching orders. This is what we're called to. These are the priorities. Would you pray that God would prepare our hearts not only to hear it and understand it, but to receive it and then to prayerfully apply it with consistency so that we can finish well uh, in our lives. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, we, we thank you that we have received this promise that our Lord Jesus will be with us even to the end of the age. Thank you for the encouragement and the comfort of that promise. Lord, we ask that having received that encouragement, you will plant within us fresh vision and fresh faith that we might serve the risen Christ well. That we might believe with all of our hearts in the midst of this world where so many are claiming authority and power, may we have faith to believe that there is one and only one who has all authority in heaven and on earth. That King Jesus is Lord of all and He is our Lord and our Master and our Rabbi and our Teacher whom we gladly follow and serve and bear witness for and our ambassadors for in this needy world. Would you please prepare us? Would you please convict us? Would you please strengthen our faith and lead us on? Oh Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.